How should billionaires spend their climate action dollars? Vox's Sigal Samuel asked an occasionally odd list of experts for their opinions. Responses could have been better. Welcome to The Future is Electric, a techno-optimistic podcast associated with the medium publication of the same name. We explore the future with a recurring focus on climate change, technologies which are transforming our world, and a side helping of politics and culture. I'm your host, Michael Bernard, Chief Strategist of TFIE. Recently, Sigal Samuel of Vox asked nine experts, how should billionaires spend their money to fight climate change? It's a worthwhile question, as right now a lot of billionaires are spending a lot of money on the subject and related concerns, and some of it is a waste of money. This article will look at some of the suggested solutions and look at a few billionaires and how they're actually spending their money and make some judgments about the experts and their opinions. First off, the experts are a reasonable list. If asked, my list would have overlapped substantial with the one that Samuel ended up with. Bill McKibben, Ashok Gupta, Alan Robach, Kerry Manuel, Kate Marvel, Adrian Hollison, Tamara Tolzo Laughlin, redundant with Bill, but hey, are, are great choices. I, I wouldn't have bothered with the geoengineering leader or the Breakthrough Institute director, mostly because their opinions are both predictable and wrong. They are both representatives of the Bit Breakthrough Institute, making it overrepresented. I probably would have picked one of Bill or Tamara from 350.org uh, as opposed to both, and I would have added Michael Mann, Mark Z. Jacobson, and Catherine Hayhoe at minimum. While I've interacted with all three, I don't actually know what Hayhoe's solution set would look like, so that would be interesting. The omission of Mark Z. Jacobson is particularly odd. He's a global top 100 climate solutions influencer, number 19 actually and the lead researcher on a solution set for 100% renewables for 50 U.S. states and 143 countries worldwide. He's controversial, too, with many people who like nuclear and mechanical carbon capture really upset with his exclusion of those failing technologies. Depth, influence, and controversy. What's not to like for a publication like Fox? But that said, no one from the data-centric top 100 influencers was asked their opinion. Uh, That's probably good regarding Angus Taylor out of Australia, as he's not a favorite of my climate-centric Australian friends for his energy policies. But it doesn't explain Jacobson's, Jenkins, or Gore's exclusion. I've reached, I've received immediate responses from both Jacobson and Jenkins when I emailed them for insights on their research, so it's not as if they're inaccessible. I can see not reaching out to someone of Gore's global stature and expecting a response, but the others are odd. To this point, I reached out to Jacobson, and he told me he wasn't asked for his opinion, and that the experts seem like a random assortment of people, most of whom are not experts on energy solutions. But for an article, undoubtedly on a deadline, it's not a bad list, and it has coverage. Certainly, it's not like the Breakthrough Institute doesn't have its adherence. And there aren't people who inexplicably think that more geoengineering of the atmosphere is exactly what we need after 250 years of unintentionally messing with its chemistry. It's quite possible 20 emails went out, 9 responses came back, and the Breakthrough Institute loves getting press, so got two slots. 
Let's start with the good ideas. Then we'll do a quick scan of the bad ideas, followed by a selection of billionaires and what they're actually doing, both good and bad. So the good ideas for climate billions. Uh, good idea number one, get democratic representatives elected. Putting a Pigovian tax on carbon will cause rational economic actors to shift to low carbon options because they'll be cheaper. It uses market signals to drive broad-ranging innovation. As my ongoing series on Democratic Candidates' Climate Change Plans points out, you can't really have a good climate action plan without pricing carbon, although it is inadequate as a lever if it's the only one pulled. Remarkably, only one expert called for a carbon price, specifically a fee and dividend. That was Alan Robach of Rutgers, and he's very clear about how the billionaires should spend money, their money to get a carbon fee enacted, which is to spend the money getting Democratic candidates elected. He rightly points out that the Republican Party has been captured by the fossil fuel industry. And getting them out, Democratic representatives in, is a very good use of dollars. That makes a great deal of sense. Good idea number two, renewables, grid, and storage. Robach also calls for transition to 100% renewables with grid and storage investments. I've written regularly about HVDC, the amazing cost reductions of renewables, the massive overabundance of pump storage hydro, the reliability of high renewable grids, and the work of Mark Z. Jacobson. This is the obvious path forward because global empirical has evidence has proved it to be, not because of theoretical technologies that have never made it out of the labs and into the marketplace. Good idea number three, build the environmental movement to counter the denialist movement. Bill McKibben, unsurprisingly, calls for this one. It makes a lot of sense. The fossil fuel industry has spent billions on disinformation campaigns. The Koch brothers alone, with a couple of their friends, are spending $10 million a year on anti-electric vehicle campaigns, on top of their lobbying, climate change-denying foundations, and fake wine purchases. As recent stories have shown, the fossil fuel industry carpet bombs climate change conferences with their lobbyists and representatives, more money that needs to be countered. They have deep pockets and spend a lot of money to insert doubt where there is none, delay where velocity is required, and confusion among the electorate. Billionaires providing equivalent PR funding to the people who are actually on the right side of history and the climate would go a long way to diffusing the dark money behind denial and delay. Good idea number four, make an exemplar red state green. Ashok Gupta, senior energy economist with the Natural Resources Defense Council, suggests this. Given a billion, he'd take the state of Kansas, which already is a leader in wind energy, and pivot it, pivot it to Paris Accord targets aggressively. Solar, storage, electric vehicles, buildings, agriculture, leadership. He'd push Kansas directly to 2050 without passing go, making it a Republican voting heartland from the future. This would provide a clear indication to other Republican states about what was possible. I frequently point to Texas for the same reason, as it's built up wind and solar from 6% of demand to 20% of demand in a decade, while simultaneously increasing grid reliability and maintaining low electricity prices. Good idea number five, investing in women and communities this comes from Kate Marvel, one of the climate scientists in the group, and Adrian Hollis, climate justice and health focal for the Union of Concerned Scientists of the United States. We need leadership, talent, drive, and intelligence 
at all levels. And that means grassroots, and that means enabling people of every color and every gender. The Green New Deal, another thing that I've assessed, is very useful in highlighting the historic inequities associated with the industries that got us into the climate crisis we are in. And we need to be firing all cylinders to solve it, not just the white male ones. Good idea number six, resilience. This is an important point. Adaptation doesn't mean building infrastructure that won't break, but building infrastructure that will bend and if it breaks is easily fixed. And it includes helping the poor people in places that are going to be hardest hit to relocate so that we don't have to keep fixing what will keep getting broken. Adrian Hollis again brings this idea forward. Now for the bad ideas. Bad idea number one, nuclear energy. Unsurprisingly, the Breakthrough Institute, which apparently grew Michael Schellenberger in a vat before letting him become a free-range nuclear advocate, loves nuclear energy, ignoring the last decade of empirical evidence that it's irrelevant for the future. It's pretty much impossible to defend any actual existing commercial nuclear technology, so the Institute's Jessica Lovering is all about a massive push to create a bunch of new technology reactors. Despite the complete inability of anybody to get any next-generation technologies to market without multi-billion-dollar cost and multi-year schedule overruns, nothing like betting on something which has never paid off. But her idea of a billionaire building their own skunkworks reactor in their backyard is beyond even that degree of bad ideas. As I've pointed out in rather nauseating detail in various assessments, the past decade of nuclear industry experience versus renewables experience makes it clear to anyone who has continued to pay the remotest degree of attention to the subject with an unbiased eye that renewables are clearly fit for purpose, reliable, much faster to build, much cheaper to build, can be built in every country in the world, and that nuclear can't compete. We have the trillion-dollar economic downside of Fukushima, about $2 billion for every nuclear reactor in operation, as an example of why this is a head-scratching idea in 2019. And 2020. It's kind of why it's a pity that Carrie Manuel, one of only three actual climate scientists on the list, is still focused on nuclear and naturally on Gen 4 reactors, which continue to fail to deliver on promises. He points to a handful of long past examples when the conditions for older nuclear rapid buildout existed and ignores the reality of modern renewables. Some experts on climate change should accept that they aren't experts on solutions, especially in the complex field of electrical generation. Bad idea number two, solar geoengineering. Uh, unsurprisingly, the solar geoengineering representative in the piece, Kelly Wanzer, principal director of the Marine Cloud Brightening Project, is for investment in solar geoengineering. Also, unsurprisingly, Wanzer is associated with the Breakthrough Institute, which can, manages to maintain a remarkably high profile while simultaneously, simultaneously promoting remarkably bad ideas. As I've pointed out a few times, solar geoengineering simply defers elimination of CO2 and masks one of the symptoms of global warming. It's hard to argue that it isn't incredibly risky, and it's impossible to argue that it won't lead to increased oceanic acidification. Yet the Breakthrough Institute loves solar geoengineering as well as nuclear energy. 
Samuel admits up front that Vox wanted a range of views and that solar geoengineering was controversial. So presumably they went looking for an advocate. But what about the actual billionaires? It's unsurprising that Vox avoided this topic, but I have game on celebrating the good guys and dunning the bad guys, or at least misguided guys. So I'll name names. This time we'll open with the walk of shame and then close with the good guys. Bad money number one, the Koch brother. It used to be brothers, but one of them left for parts further south and much hotter in 2019. These fossil fuel barons have been using Koch Industries profits for decades to found and fund climate denial spouting organizations such as the Cato Institute and the Heartland Institute, giving care and feeding to vaguely credible climate change deniers and action delayers such as William Happer, Willie, Willie Soon, Patrick Moore, and Bjorn Lomborg. They're central to a web of dark money flowing to very ugly things. As mentioned earlier, they're spending a lot to blow smoke about electric vehicles, too. Of course, the family has form on bad choices, as Father Koch helped Stalin build refineries in the Soviet Union. Bad bunny number two, Robert Mercer and daughter Rebecca. Five million to climate denial proceeds in 2017 alone, and 15 million to Trump in 2016. More money to William, Happ William Happer, who appears to be doing nicely on the kindness of strange rich people. Uh, are we supposed to call them eccentric, or is it allowed to call them insane and evil? The snowflakes on the right are so precious that it's hard keeping up with what they won't get offended by. They love them some Heartland Institute as well, to the tune of $6.7 since 2008. Bad money number three, Peter Thiel. Yeah, the founder of Big Brother-inspired Palantir. What, you thought it was a Lord of the Rings thing? Who spent millions and years to destroy a media outlet that had published an incredibly well-known fact about him, is a bad guy on climate. Part of it is that he's just dead wrong in the subject, something absurdly common among the libertarian set, and especially the oligarchic libertarians for whom no freedom is too much for them, and any freedom for peons, right to life, liberty, and security of person, which inconvenience them, is too much for the peons. Yes, Thiel is a denier of human-caused climate change. Beyond that, however, he came out supporting Trump in a big way in 2016, presumably because, in addition to wanting to disenfranchise women because that action was bad for capitalism in his view, he also wants the world to burn, just like a badly written character in an Ayn Rand novel. Bad money number four, Bill Gates, and he probably wouldn't be happy to be included here. Uh, let's start with the good things that can be said about Gates, unlike his billionaire siblings above. He both accepts that climate change is real and wants to find solutions for it. Unfortunately, he's spending his billions and influence among the bad ideas of nuclear energy and solar geoengineering. He's apparently under the thrall of a Canadian who isn't me, Vaclav Smil a 76-year-old professor from one of the colder and less populated provinces who has written over 40 books and 500 papers which say that renewables won't work, the transformation won't happen, and we're all going to die. Not a light read for the beach. And not one which leads to Bill, who claims to have read 36 of Smale's books, throwing his weight and money behind sensible, proven, scalable solutions, but instead throwing it at Next Next Generation Nuclear Firm he founded in 2006, and was asking Congress for billions for early in 2019. Oh, 
and also solar geoengineering research and efforts. Bad money number five, Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg. Uh, both accept climate change, both have efforts that they've done around climate change that are good, but these guys should be taking their cue from Roblox and funding actual democratic campaigns by people who know what they're doing, or perhaps McGibbon's idea of funding a lot of information campaigns. Instead, they arrogantly think that their billions, masculinity, and pale skin make them exceptional candidates for the democratic nomination. Never mind good governance, good policy, knowing what they're doing, and the like. Instead, they're going to act as spoilers in election 2020, spending money that would be a lot better in Warren's war chest, and debunking anti-Warren nonsense. She has the best climate change plan of the front forerunners, the four frontrunners, by a considerable amount. So if they actually cared about climate change, they'd be boosting her. Now for the good money. Good money number one, Elon Musk. Uh, what are his major initiatives that are climate change related? Well, there is Tesla, which is leading the electrification of road transportation globally, dragging the legacy automotive industries of America and Europe along despite themselves. And Tesla's energy division, which is currently the number two commercial solar installer, number one provider of grid storage, and a top five residential solar installer. Then there's SpaceX, which has among its other goals, getting our eggs out of one basket, so that we don't fry in this one if we fail to adapt to reality. Musk opens Tesla product launches with climate change. He's put his money where his mouth is multiple times. Good money two, number two, a long list. Louise J. Bowditch, Robert S. Bowditch, Abigail Disney, Sean Eldridge, Sean R. Stephen R. English, Agnes Gund, Catherine Gund, Nick Hanauer, Arnold Hyatt, Chris Hughes, Molly Munger, Reagan Pritzker, Justin Rosenstein, Stephen M. Silberstein, Ian T. Simmons, Liesel Pritzker-Simmons, Alexander Soros, George Soros, Hans-Jörg Weiss. These billionaires, Soros unsurprisingly among them, published an open letter asking presidential candidates to put a wealth tax in place, to tax them more. First in the list of things that the wealth tax would go to, I quote, a wealth tax is a powerful tool for solving our climate crisis. Uh, to put a tinge on a bit of this, the Pritzkers are one of the primary families behind the Breakthrough Institute, so they could really spend their money more wisely. But they make up for it in part by signing this. Of course, the Breakthrough founder, Rachel Pritzker, isn't signatory, so maybe that means something. Good money number three, Stuart and Linda Resnick. They pledged $750 million for climate research to Caltech. Sure, they got a building with their name on it, but at least the money will be going to solar science, climate science, energy, biofuels, decomposable plastics, water, and environmental resources, as well as ecology and biosphere engineering. Oh wait, that last one is geoengineering again. Uh, hopefully most of the research dollars will be usefully spent. I'm sure that there are more billionaires doing right by climate, but the class of billionaires could do a lot better. The Vox article was an interesting, if flawed, addition to the discussion. It, it was journalism, so they tried to spread a broad net and provide balance. For those interested, um, there's a great deal of references at the back of the article that this podcast is associated with. 
I'd recommend going there if you want interested in any of the subjects discussed. You have been listening to The Future is Electric, a techno-optimistic view of climate change, transformative technologies, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Michael Bernard, Chief Strategist of TFIE. These podcasts are available from the medium publication of the same name, Anchor FM, and other podcast sites. Let us know that you are enjoying us via claps and medium, and tell us what you'd like us to cover next. 